Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, My name is Christian McCartney, to those of you whom I don't know. Um, And if you didn't come to our game night last week, I admit it was, I thought it sounded lame, and I thought it was a blast. So it was a really fun time. So um, if you came to that, thanks for everybody who helped and came and participated in all that. Um, How many of you are starting school this week? Oh, wow, that's like everybody's hand. Okay, well... um, Thank you for being here. I know your life is about to get a lot more stressful from the ideal of summer, but uh, here we are. We're in it together. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to John 15, 12 through 17. We're going to read this together in our penultimate passage on love. Jesus says in John 15:12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Now, that passage, there's a lot going on in that passage, and we're not going to focus almost on any of it except the love stuff, so sorry. But the first thing we're going to notice is that love is supreme. And that's not the clothing brand, which I have all in my closet, but we're talking that love is the number one, right? Love is the ultimate attribute of a Christian. And um, you can see when Jesus starts, he says, a new command, my commandment, it's a singular word. He doesn't say the commandments I have. He says my commandment. Um, it's singular. Love is the number one thing that we should be. Well, and if that's the case, well, then how should we love? If love is supreme, you know, gosh, the one thing that Jesus wants me to do is love. Love him and love people. Well, how should I do that? Well, he says, greater love hath no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. And don't you hate whenever the Bible talks about love, it feels like there's some sort of gaming, you know, you have to give up something for somebody else's betterment, or you feel that whenever you're, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go there, I don't want to do that, or this person wants me to do this, and I don't want to, and you're like, well, I should do it, you know, and you're frustrated because that's just not what you want to do, you know, you just want to sit and get under the covers and watch Netflix or whatever, um, and so, but when the Bible talks about love, it talks about something that you're giving up for somebody else's betterment. And we talked about this last week. It's when it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You know, it would be cute to stop there, I think, if you're just, you know, somebody normal. And to say God so loved the world is really cute, you know, or to say I love you so much, or this person loves me so much, or I, I love this so much. It's cute. And I had a Kierkegaard quote, because I always do. Kierkegaard said, uh, it's, love is not a, oh, I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, that secret, private, mysterious feeling behind the lattice of the inexplicable, which the poet wants to lure to the window, not a soul mood which knows no laws, wants to know none, or wants to have its own law, and hearkens only to singing. And I love that because love is not this warm, fuzzy, funny, you know, feeling that's completely meaningless. 
love is sacrificial, and that's the second part. When Jesus says, greater love hath no man than this, then he lay down his life for his friends. What is the element of love? It sacrifices. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? It's sacrificial. The love that God has for us is sacrificial. The love that Jesus has for us is sacrificial. And the love that we ought to have for others is sacrificial. Okay. And uh, um, before we skip ahead to John 17, it's pretty important for us to note that Jesus is giving this to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. It's like you're getting ready for a test and you know you're allowed a little note card. Jesus is telling them what they can put on their note card right before he's, you know, about to get betrayed. And he's focusing on, gosh, and he's focusing on love. Um, This is the stuff we should know. This is our lesson. It's the stuff that's important. And the second thing is as we talk, this is what, as Christians, if you're a Christian in this room, and only you know if you are, if you're a Christian in this room, this is how we're supposed to love other Christians. And, um, the reason that why it's, it's Christians that we're talking about and not necessarily unchristians in this lesson, although we already talked about that, is because when somebody doesn't have your same value system, it's very difficult to love them the way that they ought to be loved or have them love you the way that you ought to be loved. So for example, um, if all I want to do is smoke weed and get high all the time and I say, hey, let's hang out, right? I love you so much. Is that love if you don't want to smoke weed because your job's going to do a drug test? You know, no, right? Why? Because I don't love you. I always say this. Okay, I'm going to give another story. I used to give people gifts that I would say, this is from me to you for me, right? And I would give them like a dog leash, like here you are, because I don't want their dog to be all over me. Or I'd give them something because it's from me to you. It's a gift. I love you so much, but it's for me. How can I, how can I use what they're doing? You know, this is for me. And so so much of us treat love like that, where it's a sacrificial thing. And so if I'm saying to somebody, hey, let's go and smoke weed tonight, you know, I, I just love you so much, is that for them? Is that for their best interest? Or is that just because I'm lonely and want somebody to do something with, right? But love all of a sudden becomes something where if you don't have the same value system, love can really get contorted very quickly. And I could use a hundred examples, and you guys probably know them, so we're not going to talk about it. But uh, that's why it's important. That's why we're talking to Christians, for Christians. Love is sacrificial. Love is supreme If as we talk to other Christians. And that's why when Jesus says in this John, these John passages, he talks about love is for other Christians. Okay, that's fine. Now we're going to be in John 17, 20 through 26. This is skipped ahead. It's probably a page or something. Skipped ahead. Jesus is giving this whole last, you know, benediction. And what he does right here is he starts to do, he has a prayer. And so we're going to read John 17, 20 through 26 as he's praying. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them, so that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I will make known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which with you have loved me may be in them and I in them. That's a tongue twister, but that passage is huge. And Jesus has, I think, as I've been kind of looking at it, I think Jesus has three concepts he's kind of whirling around here. And the three concepts are love, unity, and glory. 
What does Jesus pray for here? He prays for a love that unites us. And you can see here, when Jesus is talking, the reason that we are supposed to do all these things is because of love. And I think that Jesus is trying to say that all these attributes are united in him, but it's hard to delineate sometimes for me what attribute he's talking about. Glory to Jesus given by the Father, now to us, results in unity among the body, which shows the love that we have from Jesus and the Father. It's like this, oh my gosh, you know, this machine gun style of, of rhetoric here. But what Jesus is talking about is that the love that we're supposed to have unites us. And I'd, uh, I was taking a class once, and the pastor said, you know, how do you think Christians are doing today with unity? You know, and people went around and said, you know, I think some of them are pretty good, or my church is pretty united, or, you know, my church split, or blah, blah, blah. And he just sat there and listened, and, you know, we asked him, what did he think? And he said, I think there's a grievous sin being committed by the Christian church today as it relates to unity. And so Jesus is having this prayer that he's giving to his disciples, right? And he's praying for his disciples, right? We're not the disciples. I'm not Simon Peter, John, no matter how much I want to be. I'm Christian McCartney, right? I'm not Simon Peter. And so when Jesus is praying for Simon Peter, is he praying for Christian Everybody doesn't want to know. He's not. He's praying for Simon Peter. Right. But what does Jesus say here? I don't. I do not ask for these only. Who are these only? The disciples. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. How many of you did Jesus Christ come down to you and said, this is my gospel, and you awoke from a dream, and you're like, oh, my gosh. My glasses are at home. No, I'm just kidding. Right? You heard from somebody, Right? And they heard from somebody, and they heard from somebody, and they heard from somebody. And Jesus says, I don't pray for my disciples only. I pray for those who will believe through their word, which is every single one of us, that they may all be one. Right? The moment he's about, you know, the night before he's betrayed or the night of his betrayal, Jesus is there and he's thinking of us and he says, God, I just pray that they would be one. And what does love do? Why do we care about love? Why do we talk about love? Because love unites us. Love unites us as Christians because we, we look over. We look over people's sin. We look over people's frustrations. We look over people's annoying habits and their idiosyncrasies and how much they want to talk about stupid crap that you don't care about. We look over that and we think, oh, but I love them because God loved me and God loved Jesus and Jesus loved me enough to save me from my sin and therefore I love them. It says in 1 John, we love because he first loved us. And if you weren't here, we did a sermon series that feels like a billion years ago now about how God loves us. It was like six weeks ago. But we did about how God loves us. And if you weren't here for that, I hope you still know that God loves you. But if you don't understand how much God loves you, it's not going to matter, right? It's not going to matter that love unifies us. Because if I said, here, I got some water, there's a puddle at the side of the road, and grabbed the water and said, here's that, that's option one. Or there's a river that's flowing really quickly, and I say, here's some water, which one would you rather drink? You're like, I have a water bottle, none of them. No, I know, but if you're going to, right? You don't want to drink from a puddle. It's dirty, it's nasty, it's stagnant. It doesn't have a source. It's just sitting there, right? But water that has a source is fresh and clean and flowing. It has a source, right? So why would we trust love that doesn't have a source? Why would we trust somebody who says, I'm going to love you forever, and it's like, where, where are you getting that from, right? You're, you're, you're just a puddle here. Right? Christianity gives us a source of love where we can drink from and we can give to others. So 1 John, we love because he first loved us. 
Um, and this is probably something practically that you're going to have to ask yourself because love is so huge and multifaceted and hopefully next week as we kind of talk about the different attributes of love and how it works from, from my love to you and your love to me and all that, hopefully that will make a lot more sense. But how it works practically tomorrow, you're going to have to answer yourself um, and how we can love sacrificially. But I guess what we can say for kind of a broad thing is that loving someone sacrificially means that you love someone at your expense. That's why Jesus laid down his life for his friends. That's why Jesus gave, because our love for other people or Christians is sacrificial. So, if you're happy, right, you're happy, you're having a great time, but one of your friends is sad, and sometimes it's annoying, you're like, oh gosh, right on my parade again, right? Maybe love for them means I'm going to be happy when they're happy, but I'm going to be sad today because they're sad. Like it says in the Bible, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Or maybe it's the opposite. You know, maybe somebody's happy and you feel down in the dumps. You're like, oh my gosh, I just ate everything and nobody liked me. You know, maybe that's how you're feeling. We all feel like that. You know, but maybe your friends around you and you're like, you know what? They're happy and I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice. Why? Do I feel like it? No, not at all. But I want to love them enough to sacrifice something. Love sacrifices. Love sacrifices. God sacrifices for you. God sacrificed for you. How are we going to sacrifice for others? Maybe one of your friends is in a relationship, and you really want to be in one, and they're so happy, you know, they're just slow, floating on clouds and all that, and you're like, <laughs> well, at least one of us is happy, you know, maybe that's what you're feeling, <laughs> but that's not what we're going to do. Why? Because love is sacrificial, and maybe there's a part in your heart where you're like, you know, God loved me sacrificially enough to look over my mistakes and my flaws and my sins that he, he forgave me from. Maybe I'm going to look at this person who's having the time of their life, and even though I don't feel like that, I'm going to act like I'm not act. I'm going to be happy for them and, and, you know, pretend, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Freudian slips all over the place. I'm going to be happy for them because they are in a relationship. Um, love is not a feeling you feel towards someone. And we're going to talk about this the next week. Love is not this, you know, like I read from the Kierkegaard, this mystic soul mood which knows no laws and just wants to sing and dance and Disney movie-fied, you know, around. That's not what love is. Love is a sacrifice, a sacrifice for you, that you do for someone because you love them at your expense. Um, love is the defining mark of a Christian. And what we do is we recognize how much we're loved by God and we should make it a point to intentionally love others. So let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we're so thankful we have the opportunity to be here tonight. We're thankful that Ethan could come and sing for us tonight, God. We're thankful that you loved us so much that we can love others, God. Um, it seems like this is the number one thing that you care about, is the way that we love other people and the way that we love you. So God, if that's the case and you want us to be unified together, um, give us the strength to do it, Father. Give us the knowledge to know how. Give us the spurning of the Spirit, God, that we just might go and just do what's hard and sacrifice out of love for people because this is what you want. This is what you care about. And we want to be a church. Uh, we want to be a people. We want to be a youth group that uh, cares about what you say uh, because we love you so much. In your son's name, amen.